0: I would put the son of a gun in jail. I would change the law. There is no doubt about where these raves are. In the middle of the desert. Arrest the promoter. Find a rationale unrelated to drugs. I'm the guy who authored the crack house legislation. We can use the crack house legislation. Tear down these buildings. Today we want to party. I feel like partying right now. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Biden. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. Like my ratchet. It doesn't matter whether or not they had no like my girls ratchet. background that enabled them to become socialized girls ratchet. Socialize into the fabric so of society. Like it doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. Like the end result is they're about to knock my mother on the hem of a left, and right, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my son. So I want to ask, what made them do this? I like my girls ratchet. They must be taken off the street. yell at me who do you think you are yelling at me email a, this is my show come on you guys i don't take that shit <laughs> hold on i need to uh i need to expel some fluid from my lungs like i do most days hold on <clears throat> oh i should vape too hold on one sec. pardon me jesus christ man what's up you guys it's me i'm back sunday release you know not very often but it's like fourth of july so i thought i'd come by and say hey y'all hey y'all howdy happy fourth y'all fuck that was embarrassing god damn it what's oh no and now i get to listen back to that a million times in my life what's up what's going on so, I, you know, admittingly was supposed to release this episode on Friday, but <sighs> responsibilities. I, uh, you know, my mother's birthday was actually Saturday. So I thought, you know, that kind of, my mommy's special. I, that takes precedent over everything, including po- editing podcasts, you know? I've done her dirty so many times when I've been horribly strung out that I feel a lifelong worth of like be, trying to be a good, good son will somehow come close to making up for it. So I thought, hey, nice birthday. Try not to annoy my mom. That's my, my goals so far. And I also, uh, I had a couple job interviews that I landed, so, you know, Applause to me on that. I can get into that shit later, and add some. I have, I have these side hustles coming around my way. I can get into that later. You know, money is important for 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 me to buy ramen and stuff. So sometimes I have to do that. And so I thought to myself, well, hey, you know, birthday mom's birthday Saturday. Let's just. Get an episode out for Sunday, because Sunday's 4th of July for us Americans, I guess. Aren't we the only ones that celebrate it? And we're so, like, pretentious about thinking we have um, independent. Well, I guess we do have independence. We talk about freedom and stuff and and whatever. So I thought, hey, first of all, the timing was just right, because I actually, um, I watched, like, Fifty times in a row, this video that went viral of our president, uh, Joe Biden, he uh, he was falling while walking up the stairs, which I find interesting. Usually, ninety nine percent of the time people fall walking downstairs. But no, he he was in the unique person who fell walking up the stairs. I think he was boarding the Air Force, you know. I don't know, red, white, and blue. Uh, no, the Air Force One. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to board the Air Force One, and he's walking up these steps, and he, like, trips the first time, and he stumbles, still walking upstairs, and he, like, falls down like four or five, four more times, but he does make it to the top, gives the Americans a, a salute, and then goes on to do whatever the fuck he's been doing, I guess, raising gas prices, I think. Um, I don't know. Just letting you know, Joe Biden. You are know, my. I recognize you as my president, but you know, gas prices. Come on, what the fuck? I know California is probably the worst, but let's just let's just do something about that, please. Anyway, so I saw that video, and uh, I was like, "Wow, this is hilarious!" And I couldn't stop watching it. I watched it over and over, hundreds of times, and it was funny the same amount every time. Um, so I thought he'd, you know, our president. For 4th of July, he deserves to be uh, sampled for the intro, right? Because only the most illustrious get a chance to be sampled for the intro for this podcast. And so I was digging through his uh, speeches to Congress and whatnot. And I discovered like one in his prime of his youth or whatever. And he was very rambunctious and and aggressive uh, about wanting to arrest um, like ravers and promoters because apparently you know in his eyes raves are really what's collapsing society i guess it's not terrorism or you know all this other shit you know big pharma fucking us over martin Shkreli, or you know the handfuls of fucking greedy you know entrepreneurs quote unquote so no but he's like yeah raves are the causing all the issues all the drug problems are from raves they're manufactured, basically just they go to manufacture drugs is what it is. <laughs> That's where all the fucking, you know, heroin and, you know, research chems come from. Yeah, raves. Because he sees people dancing and it's like, he's so, he was, he's pretty scared, I think. It just, it gives me, it gives me um the vibe that, you know, he's a scared old man who wants to arrest his, arrest everything that scares him. So he can like eat Warther's originals and fucking sniff hair in in peace, because <laughs> doesn't isn't that what he does? I know it's like Fourth of July and like whatever, you know, Independence Freedom, but yeah, dude, that guy dude, he he sniffs hair. That went viral. I saw it. I'm sure you did, dude. Dude, he's like in the fucking White House just sniffing people's hair like it's not fucking creepy and weird. And if you haven't. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. If you haven't seen that video, by all means, I welcome you to a Google search. It'll show you everything you need to know. And after, you know, your first viewing, you might have wished you never have seen that video. Cause then it's like, oh god, that guy has the nuclear launch codes. Like, he's probably got like Goldilocks's, like a snippet of her hair in his pocket, and he just walks around the White House and like pulls it out of a Ziploc bag and just huffs it. <laughs> he's like, Oh, that shampoo's still fresh, baby. <laughs> I don't know anything about policies or governments or politics or legislations, <laughs> but I saw that video and I'm like, dude, that's our president. <laughs> Because look, I make fun I made fun or I made ef- an effort, a solid effort to make fun of uh Trump as much as possible because, because you know he was our president.
1: Like me from previous months, okay? Total control. Bing bing bong bong bing bing bing. You know what that is, right? Bing 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 bing, bing, bing bong, bong bing 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 bang bing bing bong, bong, bing.
0: Even though people were like, That's not my president. Unfortunately, he was, but I was like, well, I just, I feel like my role in life is just to, and you know, the president's role, or at least the U S president's role is really just to be the punching bag for the population of our nation and anything that goes wrong, anything that we don't like, of course, we're going to just yell at the president because he's to blame for everything. Um, That's what the role of the president is, you know? (laughs) so I made fun of Trump during his reign and now Biden is with us and now I will make fun of him during his reign and who knows next electoral process we'll see Democrat Republican who knows who I'll make fun of next you know but definitely our next president whoever it is he's definitely going to do something that I find cringy and funny and I'm just like all right. basically you know any politician can catch this smoke. <laughs> no, I, I'll never say not catch the smoke because that sounds very aggressive and I don't want to ever see Guantanamo Bay. So, I, I, you know, when I say catch this smoke, I mean catch this. I'll make fun of you when I say that. I'm not meaning anything threatening. God, don't come after me. Um, I mean, you know, you, you catch this vape cloud more or less, right? But I will say like that video, just (laughs) last thing I'll say, that video of of him falling up the stairs. I mean, come on, man. (laughs) That is super weak dick energy, like vibes you're giving out to the rest of the world. You know, like if there is some country out there who's plotting against us, who knows? I don't look into that shit. But if there is someone out there who's like, I want to overthrow america i'm just saying when you when everybody when the entire world watches you fall up the stairs to the air force one they're just thinking wow the weak dick energy um (laughs) there's some there's definitely like cracks (laughs) in his foundation you know now i guess trump is like challenging him to a cognitive test or some shit because he wants to stay relevant i don't fucking know but There you go. Happy 4th of July, everybody. And here's to you, Joe Biden. I hope you survive the next four years and uh, I hope gas prices go down. And um, I hope, you know, self-driving cars improve so that you don't have to worry about, you know, fender benders or, you know, I don't know. That Warther's original joke was a low blow, so I'm sorry. I'm probably on a watch list as we speak. Um, I've probably been one on one this whole time, but if I wasn't, then I'm definitely on one now. So w- <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, hope you're all enjoying a good cookout with your families. Cause I know a lot of you might be doing that. Um, and I probably will be doing the same. And so I don't really have much I want to get into other than, uh, Look, you know, a little update. I'm doing good. Like I said, job interviews, making a little bit of money, trying to reintegrate myself back into society. And it's going, you know, semi good so far. And I'm still not doing heroin. So that's really all I have to say. Um, other than that, I just wanted to get a story out to you. I wanted to get this story out to everybody on Friday. And I'm sorry about that. Uh, you know, learning how to be a normal human again it's it's semi-challenging but i'm you know working around (laughs) the my weak points on that so you know bear with me but let's just break into this episode i like this story a lot i thought of it randomly um the other day doing errands and shit and i thought you know i've never told this one it is a very random you know memory so why not here you guys go um Just want to say another few episodes I'm working on and hopefully like clockwork, they'll get to you all in a timely manner. So just know I'm working on shit, but I also have life and trying to get a job and make money. So here we go. Um, Oh, by the way, I do have one and no, I have two pretty big projects aside from podcast episodes that I'm working on. Um, that I can't wait to unveil to you all. Uh, one project I'm working on, I don't like I don't want to talk about either of them. I want them to be like a surprise. or I'll unveil them to you when they're like worked on more. But um, one of the projects I'm working on will uh, result in giveaways to all of you, the listeners. Now I don't want to reveal what the giveaway is. And I don't want to reveal, I don't know, the terms and conditions of this giveaway. Because as of now, my thought is I just want to give cool free shit out to you all. Um, and I don't know, you know how much money that's going to cost me or how much money I'm able to you know, put forth into this. So I know only a limited run of gifts will be available to all of you. I don't know what that number is. I'm you know, working in the backgrounds on this. So hopefully in the next few episodes that I release, I'll have updates for that for you. But just know um, I'm working on something special for all of you and it'll it'll result in something nice uh, other than, you know, content and podcasts and stuff. So just know that. And um, yeah, I'm almost at the 15 minute mark. Wow. So proud of myself for not ranting and raving as bad as I usually do. <laughs> I try to discipline myself and I think it's working slowly. So yeah, 50 minutes. I'm out. I just want to say, I love you guys. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you later. I hope you enjoy the story and uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm out. So with that, as always, peace, love, and all the above.
1: I love it. I love it. I'm sitting there tweeting. Bing, bing, bing. You press a button. Bing, bing. They all hand you checks. Bing, 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 bing. We had our beautiful marine standing there. Bing, 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 bing. You know, in the old days, bing, bong. You know, with the map. Bing, bing, bing. Little mouth on him. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, 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 bing. Bing, bing, bing. They're cleaning up. It's
0: all bing, bing, bing. Fourteen point plan. I thought this was America, huh? Isn't this America? I thought this was America. Okay, so let's just jump into this shit show. Um, so this story or this era in my life took place when I was living in the city of Pasadena, California. I told a lot of stories around this era. Um, I at that time I had not yet really gone to the needle. I think I'd only shot up heroin a couple times, and I had to, you know, have one of my friends. You know, stick it in my arm, and I'd like a little bitch. I'd like look away because I was scared of needles. I couldn't look. I had a needle going in my arm. I was, and it and it heard. It was like that little needle prick. I was just I had a phobia of needles. And then much later, once I learned how to register, fuck, I'd just be poking my arm over and over. But <clears throat> back then, yeah, I was a major pill popper when I could find OxyContin, but usually. For me, at least, I don't know if anyone else had this same experience. But at that time, they were not easy to come across. Like doctors were already getting busted and going to jail around that time. And so no doctor was really felt comfortable prescribing uh, opiates. So the few people that did, you know, or could get a prescription, you know, they didn't really weren't very reluctant to sell them needless to say. So, um, but when I could get them, I'd buy all of them, but it was, it was never like enough. It was enough to go on like a two week bender of snorting pills. Um, so I was also living in this apartment complex in Pasadena. It was off of, uh, I believe Hudson drive it's still there, I'm sure it was like a three bedroom, almost like a three bedroom townhouse. it was like it had two stories. It was the front apartment of the building or the complex, and I lived there with my two friends. uh one of my friends was Gabe he Gabe has been a guest on the podcast. We have you know he has been on and we've reminisced old stories of growing weed legally and illegally. <laughs> And, um, you know, getting into hijinks and stuff. Um, I had, and so I rented out the master bedroom, which is on the the second floor and the master bedroom had its own bathroom in it. And it had this like sky rise, like sky, like extended ceiling. It was really nice. And I, so I paid the most rent. Now, Gabe lived in the room across the hall and Gabe had his very own balcony to himself So him and his girlfriend could go out on the balcony and smoke cigarettes and weed or whatever. And then the down the hall was the shittiest bedroom. (laughs) And now Tom did not live in the shittiest bedroom. That was designated for the marijuana growing operation. Me and Gabe had mainly me. I kind of me and Gabe grew a lot of weed together, but all of my equipment was in this last room and we had, you know, some major harvests out of that apartment complex in that room. I remember I was growing weed in the apartment before and had like twenty-four like uh different plants of two different strains, like twelve, you know, like of one strain, twelve of the other, and I had to move uh covertly <laughs> at night in secrecy, uh, with my moving van, I had to move all these plants while moving all my other shit into the new apartment and you know these harvests that we would grow they made us you know yielded a good amount of money so the last room obviously the most important thing is not going to be tom (laughs) in my using my logic especially at the time uh it was yeah we need that room to grow weed so where did tom live well tom our third roommate lived Under we made him live under the stairs. (laughs) He got like a nice little blanket and a pillow and he fucking slept on the floor under the stairs. (laughs) And that and he paid I think he paid four hundred dollars a month to sleep under the stairs. And I mean god, I mean you can (laughs) looking back, that was a little cruel. Like, come on, Unc, you're gonna make your friend live under the stairs and he pays rent? I mean, he got a lot of weed. Out of it from the harvest, so he got you know smoked out all the time and shit ton of weed, you know, for doing nothing but sleeping under the stairs. Oh, oh my god, I feel bad now. It's like, oh my god, I made that kid live under the stairs, but you know what? I smoked him out a lot, and uh, I you know. I helped him get laid for the first time. He was a complete virgin, whether he liked to admit it or not. Me and Gabe always made fun of him and, you know, behind his back. And I feel bad about that. But I mean, we were in our like our mid twenties and you're a virgin and his, uh, he had this game. He would go up to, he went up to one girl and uh, who like liked him and he, he, uh, he was all nervous about it. And he like grabbed her ass he reached his arms are like around her shoulder. Right. And he goes down, squeezes a a butt cheek. And he, while they're like staring into each other's eyes and he goes, you're beautiful, (laughs) which is like, if you're going to, you know, I guess Mac on a girl or whatever, uh, it's either the ass grab or I guess the, you're beautiful line or, or, You either go one direction or the other, but to go both at once, I mean, it was, it was just nervous energy, but he, we eventually hooked him up with a girl and they went out for a long time and she ended up moving into this fucking apartment and Gabe's girlfriend moved in. So now it's Gabe and his girlfriend, Tom and his girlfriend and me. And I was smart. I was like, I'm not letting my girlfriend move in. Fuck that. I'm not that chick i'm not letting that head case move in if i have to is it she's in my room fucking 24 7 fuck that um and by that time i mean fuck by the time my you know gabe and tom let their girlfriends move in by the time that happened the two girlfriends were fighting and that would make Gabe and Tom fight. So it was like this relationship or this couple versus that couple in the apartment. And I was like, thank God I have a master bedroom. And I have this other room to grow weed in to like you know, hide away from this domestic situation, you know. But my girlfriend, I mean, you may be asking, oh, Unc, you, I mean, your track record, she was probably the sweetest girl, you know. I mean, pfft. Why wouldn't you let her move in? She's probably such a nice girl. Knowing the girlfriends you've dated and the stories you tell. I mean, she was a very unique kind of psychopath. She wasn't a junkie. She was like more of, I wouldn't even call her an alcoholic. I would say she was just like, well, yeah, she was an alcoholic. <laughs> but she was the kind of alcoholic who would get really blackout drunk. like. She would whenever there's an opportunity to drink, she'd jump on it. Um, but even if there wasn't an opportunity to drink at any social gathering, she would be like, Oh, well, can we drink here? (laughs) Let's drink here. I mean, this is gonna be more fun if we're or at least if I'm drunk. I don't care about you guys. I'm I wanna get drunk. I guess that um exhibits the characteristics of an alcoholic, you know. Yeah, looking back, she's a total alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, and the reason being, yeah, she would get blackout fucking drunk, and I mean, she looked like a contestant for that the those Girls Gone Wild VHSs and infomercial that went around in the fucking what was it in the nineties or the early two thousands? Like that was like the, I mean, look now it looks like the most soft shit, but yeah, she'd be she'd probably like the type of girl that go on girls gone wild. And like, I don't know, do wild. What did they do on that show? I remember someone telling me about, Oh man, my, my buddy, he ordered girls gone wild on his mom's credit card and I went over there. And I was like, what did you see on, on this? Because we barely had internet porn, but by then so primitive. And he was like, dude, this girl peeled a banana, man. (laughs) She put it, put it inside over basically i don't need to get graphic but and my question is wouldn't it be better to um not peel the banana before insertion you know and that's what i think i asked that at the time i was like dude why why did you peel the banana it's all soft and mushy and like (laughs) it's weird and he was like yeah man it would it came out in pieces (laughs) If that's the kind. Of, I mean that's my only baseline knowledge of what kind of shit goes on in this that horrible show I think that guy got rich off of um my ex she seemed she's I mean from most people's perspective like the type of girl would go on that show I mean she probably wouldn't go on there anticipate anticipating like <laughs> she wouldn't go on there anticipating like oh yeah I'm gonna but I'm glad I brought these bananas. She probably went on there going like, yeah, money for being drunk and wild, you know, because she'd get blackout drunk at parties and just make a fool out of herself and embarrass the shit out of me. Um, example, uh, we had a well, it wasn't really a party. It was more like a kickback. You know, parties are like pretty wild and have a lot of people. This was more like 15 to 20 close friends and their girlfriends. And we're all drinking and smoking weed. Nothing too crazy. No one has Coke or anything. It's just weed and alcohol and maybe, you know, reminiscing how when so-and-so had t dmt how awesome that, that was you know because by then i was just growing weed and selling a lot of weed the only I i didn't really hang out with junkies like i knew a few pill heads but the whole scene of people i knew they were more like oh man i got dmt for sale or i got mushrooms or they're like hippies this is pre-wook you know almost pre you know this is like pre, hippie-ish pre-wook era friends i knew him i got a lot of psychedelics off of him so i'm hanging out with these people we have a kickback and there's I mean, people that bring alcohol you know coachella vibes all the way and so i'm there and my girlfriend is there and my two roommates gabe and tom are there and their girlfriends are there and you know a dozen other people and their girlfriends are there and a bunch of you know but other guys and other girls who are single are there we're all drinking uh you know there's beers there's hard liquor right now why is she embarrassing well, at the party she does like i said she's already blackout drunk and the only way i can tell she's blackout drunk is because at one moment in the party she goes <laughs> she goes oh my god with this she had like a bottle of like Smirnoff vodka like the grossest like girl vo- she she's the girl that like when f- four locos were invented she had this epiphany like meltdown like oh my god Four. Lo-. this is back when they had the the rock gut formula you know <laughs> and they had to take it off the market for a while yeah she loved four locos and you know whatever fruity blackout bullshit <laughs> um oh my god but she's got this like Shmirnov vodka and she's like she utters uh the phrase <laughs> in a ditzy like drunken girl you know voice like <laughs> she's like oh my god let's do shots everybody shots everybody <laughs> Ugh. and so um yeah she's she's trying to pour shots now she's she's there's a bunch of dirty shot glasses she's in the, at the like kitchen area where the little bar stand thing is that some kitchens have and um the, you know, sh- shots have been poured and she fi- finds these used shot glasses and she's trying to pour shots for everyone around her. But the only problem is she's actually not holding the Smirnoff, uh, bottle. <laughs> she drank that like hours ago. She was actually holding a ro- a paper towel roll <laughs> and she was so fucking blackout drunk. She thought that it was a bottle of uh, vodka and so everyone around her, cause she's loud and obnoxious at this point, cause she's so drunk and she's just, she's actually like tilting the paper towel roll and trying to pour shots of vodka out of this paper towel roll. And everyone kind of looks at her and just is like, uncle, like what the, your girlfriend's fucking drunk. You need to keep an eye on her, dude. Cause she she thinks she's, and, and we all go along with this. We think well, this is pretty, I think it's amusing because we've only been dating for like a month or two months. You know, uh, I met this girl because Tom's girlfriend worked at Baja Fresh. This is pre Chipotle days. Baja Fresh was where to go, right? For whatever fast burritos and shit. And, uh, she worked with Tom's girlfriend. So I met her and we hooked up the first night and, you know, uh, we had a condom break breakage scare and had to do plan B. And she, she, al- she always had a thing for military men, which I, I was like, whatever, dude, I'm not, that's not me. <laughs> They're not going to take me and I'm not going to go to that shit. But she loved military men. <clears throat> and so but she just got she was like a fucking like acted like a sorority girl (laughs) and so she's super drunk at this party pretending to pour shots and we're going along with it yeah like we'll do and we we pretend to do a shot that's not there and she pretends i'm like dude at least if she pretends to do imaginary shots she won't get any more blackout drunk maybe she'll pass out in my room and i don't have to worry about this shit (laughs) you know but no, in fact, what happened was she uh, she gave me a insane lap dance in front of everybody. Like everyone's just it's, kind of, it's a kickback. It's not a party. They're, everyone's standing around rolling blunts and music is loud, but you know no one's doing much. So I'm sitting there and she's getting all over me, giving me this crazy lap dance. I'm just like, all right, whatever. But I just don't have the energy for this. So I go along with it. And then she gets up super blackout drunk. And she's like, who, wants, who else wants to lap dance? <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was a couple of real thirsty people in the crowd that night. And so I think my friend DJ was there. And he didn't get laid often, at, especially at that moment. He, like, he didn't even have his first girlfriend yet. And he was like, yeah, I want to lap dance. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. He looked at me and he's like kind of looked at me like, is it cool? And I was like, dude, whatever. I don't even fucking care. Because <laughs> I had just, like, at that point, I remember I had just harvested this big harvest and made all this money. And I somehow slowly like put it into my bank. <laughs> so it was like, all right, I made my money digital, la- semi laundered, 1500 to $2,000. Yes, you know. I was like, yeah, getting by on the government. (laughs) Um, And I was also, by the way, (laughs) I was working all and growing weed. I wasn't just growing weed. Me and Gabe, I was working for Gabe's. Gabe got me a job doing woodworking. We're making like art frame, art frames and art frame panels for artists and for this art college that was in the area. So I was making like art, wooden art, frame panel money and then growing weed on the side and growing weed like at the job for some reason and so yeah i just had all this harvest money and my girlfriend's giving all these lap dances to dj at first and then i other people caught on there like oh whatever i'll take a lap dance and so it's it's weird like guys and gals let me just you know propose this scenario for you you're at a party and for guys you're at a party and your girlfriend's super drunk and she doesn't know how and she doesn't know restraint, sexual restraint and drunk restraint. She's black. And when you're black out, you don't know a lot, any restraint really. <laughs> and so <clears throat> your girlfriend starts giving everyone at the party lap dance one at a time. And each time you're just, you're looking at it and you're just like, oh, what the fuck is my life? And, you know, once each lap dance, the guy nervously like looks at you like, what the fuck is going on? Your girlfriend's giving me a lap dance and they're They're like half chub, you know, but the other half doesn't, you know, the fear of like me watching like a cuck, <laughs> that's kind of cuck. Yeah. I just realized Yeah, that was the most time I've never been cucked that harder in my life oh gross embarrassing gross and cringe that's yeah this story but yeah they look at you like what the fuck and the fear of like oh is this guy gonna kick my ass like i don't think he expected his girlfriend to like grind her vagina and crotch all over me (laughs) if i get a boner like is this wrong (laughs) you know like wouldn't you feel weird whether you're a boyfriend or just some random dude getting grinded on by the girlfriend, you'd feel uncomfortable. This is the party of uncomfortability, basically. And uh, I mean, ladies, I mean, if let's say you're blackout drunk at a party and you don't you wake up the next day, you don't remember every, anything. and You're blackout drunk. And then you hit up your friends and they're like, you don't remember what happened? And they're you're like, no, I just remember being drunk. And all your friends go, oh, my God, you grinded on like 12 you grinded on 12 guys in front of your boyfriend at this party and you would most likely feel embarrassed i know if i were a lady and i found out this information i would be embarrassed myself and that's what happened after the party she was over the next day we'll get in that later <clears throat> oh my god i have to vape after that reliving that moment i'm sorry so she's been grinding on dudes and people take notice and they're like, "Unc, dude, what's up with your girl? She's pretty out of control. Like if we're, I mean, I'm drunk, but I mean, I'm not grind on all my friends blackout drunk (laughs) because guys, you can get there too. I mean, fuck, I probably have and not remembered, you know, um, But don't don't do alcohol, kids. I mean, fuck. Or you might you might be the type to do this, and that's not that's frowned down on nowadays. It's twenty twenty one. This was like two thousand thirteen ish, two thousand fifteen era. You know. So yeah, they're like, uncle, what's up with your girlfriend? I'm like, I don't know, dude. But I don't. I mean, we've only dated for two months, so I didn't really know there was this wild child side of her but let's see what how she responds the next day today i'm like whatever i could break up with her let's just keep this entertainment train going it's not like i was super invested in this i didn't get a promise ring bedazzled or anything like whatever and at one point in the party i remember i was like oh where is so and so my girl at the time girlfriend and uh, she had invited a, another co-worker from Baja Fresh over. It was some nerdy kid who was a little gangly and uh, he was super nervous. And she had a, I, she, she had to have a secret cr- crush on him or something. And so I go outside to smoke a cigarette and she's out there like all on it. Like her hands are on his shoulders. And she's like, uh, you know, mumble talking like, like blackout drunk girls do in the early 20s. And um, so... I'm like, what's going on over here? And he looks at me and he's like, oh my God, what's up? I'm like, whatever, man, dude, just, just don't make a move on her. I don't care. And uh, she acts like, oh, I didn't get caught right-handed, you know? And so I'm like, whatever, man. And I was like, smoking my cigarette. And I'm like, you, you're obviously uncomfortable. You should probably just go. This, this is not going to be a fun party for you. You're just going to try and not get your dick sucked in front of me by some crazy girl I decided to date. Um... <laughs> awkward and so i don't remember what i think i drank more and then i drove her home which was fucking bullshit she lived in another part of la which is far away a ghetto ass part and uh <laughs> um the next day i remember i was like you through text or whatever for facebook messenger i was like you remember what happened last night and uh she was like no and i was like wow you know I thought you might not remember what happened last night. So I um uh, took a video. <laughs> I recorded a video on my grainy, shitty chocolate cell phone. Remember those chocolate phones? They're like they'd flip out like the Matrix phone? <laughs> I thought that was cool. And it had a little spin wheel, scroll wheel. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I recorded a, uh... or maybe I had a razor. Remember the razors? Uh anyway. I had some ghetto cell phone from back in the day that people thought was the cutting edge technology. And I was like, yeah, I thought you might not remember. So I, I took a video of of the party and you were in the video and uh, I was going to just delete it. But now that we're talking and you don't remember what happened, I'll, I'll just, I'll send you the video and you can maybe a little jog your memory, <laughs> you know, get a couple fucking fireworks going in there or some fucking light bulbs lit up. And so I sent her like, I was like a fucking 15 to 30 second clip of just a grainy, dark lit room with a fucking, like a strobe light. A blue filter strobe light and some ghetto, uh, ghetto bro step playing. And, uh, fucking, um, yeah, she's just grinding on my friends and it looks super uncomfortable. And she's like, oh my god, is that me? And I was like, yeah, you. You wanted to give everyone a lap dance. You even poured imaginary shot shots of vodka out of a paper towel roll. It was pretty something else. And, and she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm, I'm over this. I'm pretty much going to break up with you, I think, at this point. Or like, I haven't decided whether I'm going to break up with you. But I mean, you kind of just made me look like a fool in front of my friends. And so I, if I stay with you, I, I look like a cuck. Or uh, like I'm pussy whipped and and, uh, I just think a girlfriend would treat me better. Maybe out there. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But I haven't made up my mind. But get this. I'm going out of town for the weekend. I might stay out of town longer. I don't really care. Uh, And so don't call me. Don't talk to me. I just got to clear my head. (laughs) You know, I was probably more upset about it than how I am now. I was probably like, oh, Whatever. And so I was definitely v- briefly annoyed by the incidents. The way I figured it was like, look, you have the whole weekend off. And I think it was like a three or four day weekend because the holiday was coming up. I had just harvested all these uh, plants and I had, had, so I was sitting on all this cash that was in the bank and I had a paychecks in the bank from my other job. And I was like, well, why don't I drive up for the weekend and I you know, hang out, see my, my parents. Cause I was like, I'm in, in Pasadena. I'll drive up to Slowtown. I'll drive up, up to uh, San Luis Obispo and just like, see what my friends are doing up there and get away from the LA and my life going on here. Cause, <laughs> cause I got some things going good for me, but this girlfriend it's kind of just, you know, not so good. So let's just figure out what I'm going to do after the trip. So I drive up to San Luis Obispo and I hit up my friends up here and I'm like, uh, what are you guys doing? Let's hang out. And coincidentally, my good friend who's been in a lot of my stories, a lot of my more recent stories, my good friend, Jaywack, Wack, one, and the only Jaywack, he's been on the podcast. He was, you know, he was on the episode I did where I'm trying to get into rehab and the last day before rehab, someone's knocking at my window with drugs and I, I relapse and then I have to wait another week to get into rehab. He was on that episode and Josh or has Josh, or been hunting a bunch of my stories, but he hits me up and he's like, I'm in town from work and I'm sitting all this money because he did these jobs all over America and would come back with like, I don't know, three weeks to two months off, waiting for the next job, and he'd have like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, just be like, "Let's play with this money." And I was sitting on not a sliver of that amount. I was sitting on like four or five grand <sighs> from harvests and work money and everything. So I'm like, "All right, yeah, let's hang out." And he's like, "All right, we'll get this." Me and Dylan and Obs. I've talked about Dylan. I've talked about OBS part of my circle of friends my innermost like loyal tight-knit crew from the five cities they're like the four of us want to go to shoemash casino now shoemash casino for those that don't know is like the only casino that it really exists around the central coast area um you know, in LA there's probably some ghetto casinos and San Francisco San Francisco there's probably some ghetto casinos, but for the most part everyone around this area is like if you want to go to a casino, you have to go to Vegas. You have to go out of state. Um <clears throat> but for people who don't want to drive that far, and then go to the shitty California casinos and <clears throat> so the people yeah, who don't want to drive that far, there's the only casino around. There's Shumash Casino, which is out in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's by Lake Kachuma and um, they have, sometimes they'll have really like, they have a horrible venue so they'll have sometimes uh, bands that were really big in the 60s and stuff. They'll play a show like oh, the Moody Blues are playing in fucking, you know um at the Shumash Casino or uh, sometimes comedians like I don't know, like canceled comedians will, will do stand up there like, oh, Carlos Mencia is doing stand up comedy at Schumacher Sh- Com- or Amy Schumer. Like all the joke thieves go play venues at Schumacher Casino. And so, um, and they, they had this really funny catchphrase and kind of jingle like slogan and it was like shoe mash casino do do bring in up the winner and you shoe mash <laughs> and so people my friends would go there and try and make money and i guess some with some luck and some with others with no luck and so um i had never gone to shoemash mash up until that point i had actually never gone to um any casino until that point uh nor had I gone to a strip club up until that point. And actually, not I haven't really been at a strip club at all to like get lap dances. I DJ'd a strip club once. And it was weird. It was empty. There was no one in there but the strippers. And for good reason, I mean, one of the strippers had a, a tampon string hanging out of her thong, and the string was like jiggling and slapping her butt when she was like twerking her ass. So it's like, who wants to see that? I mean, if you're a beautiful or whatever, it's like, no one wants to see your tampon string fucking, cause then everyone's like, oh, she's got a, she's on her menstrual cycle. It's like lap dances and period blood. It just, they don't mix. It's like oil and water, oil and vinegar <laughs> rather. I don't know. They don't mix. So that's my, that was my only strip club experience. And during this time, I had no strip club experience and I had no casino experience. None of that. I was like very, you know, inexperienced. So I'm like, yes, let's go to Shoe mash because I'm already kind of annoyed and pissed off at my girl. And I'm like, I got some money to play with. Gambling seems like a great, easy and quick way to relieve the tensions and stress from my relationship, you know? I'm like Al Bundy. I'm just like, ugh, you know. And so, um, we're driving to Shumash now. I live. I. I mean, my parents lived in AG, and I'm visiting them, and all my friends live in the Central Coast. You know, so to get to Shumash, we have to drive down to like the Lake Kachuma area. It's kind of near Buellton, out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Buellton is a population of like maybe two thousand. You know. <laughs> It's like farm country and nothing. It's like you're driving to get to the coast and get to the beaches and get to Santa Barbara in LA. It's only, you know, it's a town you just passed through. And so we're, it's at night. And, um, oh, one thing I do remember is before I, I go to meet up with Jay Wack and we're in his, we go to his car and we're parked in his driveway. No one's at his house. And Josh or Jay Wack is like, oh, unk. Guests that get this, of course, we have to do some heroin before we go to do, um, to go gamble because everybody knows. If you're at a pool hall, you play pool better, and you if you at a casino, you gamble better. If you're in this, have this opiate blanket over you, you know, you can focus better. It's like uh, that limitless pill. If you shoot up heroin, you'll play better poker, and when money's on the line, you need that that like steroid enhancement, you know. So, um, and at the time, I like I said, I hadn't shot up. Myself, I think JWAC had shot me up once before, and during this era and before this era, um, you know, when Oxy was getting real big, I mean, I was popping pills and snorting, everyone was doing it, but uh, I think JWAC and a couple other of my friends made the switch early to the needle. And what's actually fucked up is JWAC was actually my, my one of my friends, uh, JP had actually had was selling oxys it was like the green oxy 80s and uh he was giving the green 80s out to JWAC for free like every day He's like yeah let's get fucked up giving him feeding him oxy 80s all the time and then he, he finally cut uh JWAC off of the pills and just lied and said oh man i fucking ran out dude And so when J-Wack got insanely dope sick and was like, dude, you have any oxys? I'm fucking sick, dude. I'm really sick. And J-Wack's like, I can get you well. And, you know, the thing, or JP was like, I can get you well. And the thing is, JP had oxys. He just didn't want to give J-Wack free oxys anymore. He's like, I'll get you well, J-Wack. But the only way I can get you well is if I shoot you up with heroin kind of giving him this ultimatum, like, I got you dope sick and I'm lying about having Oxy, but get this, I'll, I will i got to get out of jail free ticket and get you well, but you have to shoot up heroin for the first time. Reason being is, you know, uh, JP was kind of grooming and setting up JWAC for this, like to be the ultimate customer kind of, which is kind of sh- a shitty thing to do to friends. So that's how JWAC got turned onto the needle. And j has told me this story plenty of times, he'll attest to this, you know, that's how he became a junkie. And once he, you know, did shoot up, he developed a taste for it, and, you know, there we are. And, uh, Jay Wack is, I would always be like, I think the first time he shot me up, he's like, if I ever catch anyone else sh- sh- that shooting you up with heroin, cause he knew I couldn't do it. He's like, if I catch anyone, anyone else shooting you up with heroin, I'm going to kick the fucking shit out of them because he knew how dangerous it was. He didn't want me to overdose. He's a good, he's a good friend, you know, but he didn't want to get high alone. So, and I was a fucking pillhead, and I was like, yeah, I held up my arm and I was like, I can't watch. <laughs> But this was like the second or third or fourth time he had shot me up. And every time he'd shoot me up, he'd be like, if I catch anyone else shooting this shit in your arm, I will fucking murder. Well, not like he won't say he would murder. He was going to I'll beat him up real bad. (laughs) But, you know, I'll fucking kill him. Really means I'm just going to fuck the fuck him up. I was about to say, fuck the shit out of him. He probably wouldn't have done that. I would have just punched them really hard. (laughs) And so... And this time I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm pissed off, dude. I would love a shot of fucking heroin before I go to the mash for my first casino experience. Let's get it on. So I held up my arm like always and um, squeeze my hand. I think I had a lighter in my hand for a fist peck. I was like, yeah, get the veins all prepped up. And uh, Jay Wack, he knew I was like a beginner and a novice. So he'd make me a watered down shot. Or as like, as, as, uh, Phil and Salmo would refer to as like a, a pussy shot. Um, <laughs> if you'd seen that interview, you know what I mean? But, uh, so I do it, but for me, it, I mean, it rocked me. It wasn't enough for me to fall out or like, to feel like I got kicked in the chest by Bruce Lee or something, but I felt a good, like, Ooh, nice little, ah, little peek in the rush. You know, I like, yeah, I'm high. You know, it was like the equivalent of me snorting half of an 80 like 40 milligrams of oxy and getting that fat first like drip in the back of your throat and like you're like ooh I taste the oxy now I know I'm going to get fucked up but this was like instant cuz you're shooting up obviously so I'm like all right we're nice and level headed we're smoking weed and um we're going to meet up with Dylan and Obbs now at the time Dylan and Obbs were in recovery Dylan I forget the reason why but Dylan was out there he had gotten really bad on uh, benzos I remember him he would get he was I remember when he had come off uh Valium or Xanax he was getting seizures in the hospital it was really bad Obs had also gone to rehab in uh LA Southern California I mean i remember you guys remember me telling the story about that epic party at obs's house well soon afterwards he got you know deeper into drugs and he had gotten clean dylan was strung out on benzos and he had gotten clean he had actually the recovery center dylan had gone to he had gone in and uh eli from the living legends was in there with him uh, anyone knows living legends are like one of the big, great hip hop super groups and, you know, Grouch and Eli are like the only two white guys in living legends, but they actually are are really good lyricists or whatever. So, and so, um, because Dylan knew Eli, I would get into like his shows or living legend shows on the guest list for free, which was cool. I got to meet him there. And, you know, I would always see Dylan upload photos. They would have poker nights, you know, him, Obbs and Eli, and a few other friends that were like rehab buddies at Gamble and stuff. And so I was like, oh, cool. You know, and um, I think I also knew Picasso of Living Legends. Now, my friend Reza, his, Reza's brother went to high school with Picasso in a Grande. And I also got into Living Legends shows through, through him. You know, quick little sidetrack. But anyway... Dylan and Obbs are in recovery. So obviously me and Josh, we can't smoke weed around them and we can't shoot heroin around them. So we're doing all these drugs and consuming them and then kind of trying to like cover up the odor or, you know, eye drops or whatever. Before we go and see, see the two are two newly sober in recovery friends cuz now they're like into gambling cuz what what are you, you going to do when you're fucking in recovery you smoke cigarettes drink coffee and go to casinos and get into bad relationships with girls you meet at meetings um and they were doing that so we meet up with them and we're in I forget it was like Obs's Ford Explorer so Obs is driving a Ford Explorer Dylan is sitting shotgun cuz Dylan always fought to get shotgun before anybody and he's smoking a cigarette and me and Jay Whack are in the back just looking at each other like, yeah, they, no one knows we're fucking high. <laughs> but probably everybody knew we were high. We just thought we had it under wraps, so to speak. And so we're driving all the way to Shumash on the 101 southbound freeway. Now, I think it's uh, <sighs> fuck like to get to Santa Maria and Orchid. It's like 30 minute drive itself. And from to get from there to like Los Alamos, to, to the exit where Shumash, the back road to Shumash, that's another 30, 40 minutes. So you're looking at like an hour and a half drive, which seemed like 30 minutes because when I was so high on heroin. Time went by really fast. And I'm just like floating in a cloud of my own thoughts, just thinking, oh, you know, my problems are way down there in the world. And I'm up here on this cloud high on heroin uh, fuck my problems my girlfriend's crazy she fucking gives people lap dances down there but who cares cuz i was pretty high I'm a, i was a lightweight on heroin back then this is a heroin story by the way i'm really high on heroin <laughs> not enough to nod out thank god i mean cuz i didn't like nodding out i was like dude i want to be awake while I'm for my high i don't want to sleep through this you know, I'll fucking sleep when I'm dope sick. You know, I want to, so that's something I want to sleep through. This, I do not. But I'm fucking smoking my cigarette because there was no vape at the time. Or I didn't have, It didn't commit to vaping at the time. So it was handout cigarettes from friends. So I think it was like, I don't know, Marlboro 27 or some horrible shit like that. Or Camel Wide or who knows. And so we're driving, listening to fucking Dylan's music or, I don't know. We're probably listening to Gra- uh, Grouch and Eli or Eli had a really good solo album now.
1: the the streets
0: We get to shoemash and we park and we go in and walk into shoemash. Now, the thing about shoemash or and maybe all casinos do this. I don't know. Shoemash casino pumps fucking pure oxygen f- from tanks. I, th- I believe from what I was told into the fucking the casino. So you're breathing like all this fucking tank canister oxygen, right? Not like m- natural <laughs> oxygen emitted from trees and plants you know um it's just like so you get like a weird lightheadedness makes you maybe gamble more i don't know why they do this if they do it at all but i think uh dylan or Obs are like because i was getting lightheaded once well once we were in there and got down to gambling i was like yeah i feel kind of weird and you could also smoke cigarettes in uh this casino so obviously i'm I'm like, well, every time someone else smokes a cigarette, I'm like, hey, give me a cigarette. Because <laughs> I'm high on heroin. I will smoke a million cigarettes when I'm high on heroin. But I'm like, yeah, I feel weird. I feel lightheaded. And they're like, yeah, it's because of the oxygen that gets pumped in here. Which I did not know. Maybe they were fucking pulling my leg, you know, blowing smoke up my butthole. Uh, and that's totally not true. But I mean, maybe, maybe it is, but. I mean, I, I definitely didn't feel normal. Maybe the heroin finally got to me, but I believe it, it was because of this theorized oxygen. And my theory is that it was the pure oxygen from being pumped in the room. And so, I mean, like I said, we walk into this place and um, they have a fucking Starbucks there. It's not like a big Starbucks, but it was enough for me like, to get my, my espresso frappuccino or whatever the fuck was popular back then. I was like, make sure it's got a lot of espresso shots. They yeah, had like there was like five espresso shots in this espresso drink. Cause I was like, dude, I'm gonna need caffeine because I wanna money's on the line. And uh well, when we walked in there, uh J Wax like, you got any money, unk? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh fuck. I was like, well, J Wax boasting about having all this fucking five digits of fucking paycheck money from his awesome job and i have this measly you know fraction of the same amount and i was like no nah, man i'm i'm fucking broke <laughs> i don't even know why i'm here <laughs> i'm totally lying like the manipulative scub bag i am and so he hands me he you know he's like oh and he looks in his pocket or and he gets his wallet out of his pocket and he pulls out like uh, and he's got just a bunch of hundreds because he's got money to play around with. He's prepared for the casino and he hands me $200 bills. And he's like, all right, play around with this money. And if you, at the end of the night, if you win anything more than $200, you can keep. But at the end of the night, if you still have $200, I'm going to want that back, you know, but if you win $400, keep the, extra 200 and give me back my $200. Does that sound fair? And I was like, fuck yeah, man, that sounds super fair. Cause I was only planning on, you know, purchasing $200 worth of poker chips anyway. Cause when you go in, you have to give them money and they give you chips or something, you know, by then I was kind of in a, like a brown out from the heroin. I have not drinking any alcohol, but it's, everything's a little hazy. I think the oxygen didn't help. And you know, Dylan and Ob's chain smoke cigarettes like nobody's business. I mean, they're in a recovery. What else are you going to do? So every time they want smoke, I'm like, oh, opportunity for a free cigarette. Oh, can I have one while your pack of cigarettes are out? And uh, they are obliging me with cigarettes, feeding me tobacco, which I have a low tolerance to. <laughs> that reminds me I have to vape. Hold on. So I have $200 worth of poker chips, right? I'm mad at my fucking, you know, my, my fucking girlfriend, my was acting slutty at the party in front of all my friends. I'm high on heroin for the first time, in a in a long time, you know, I, at, that, I, at that point, I had just been smoking weed every single day and doing the occasional cocaine and occasional mushrooms or the occasional DMT or the occasional MDMA or the occasional, you know, you know, crank, maybe, you know, but it was frowned down upon. So don't let anybody know about that. And especially heroin, like me and Josh were like, always like in the same mindset. Like if we're going to do heroin, let's do it together. So we keep each other secret and let's not let anybody know that we're on heroin because everyone looks down on heroin (laughs) and especially our friends are like, Oh man, fuck heroin, blah, blah. But you know, and even I was kind of like, "Fuck heroin." I will just only use my purchasing power of my dollar for, you know, f- pharmaceutical top shelf opiates. I still hadn't make made that transition, like, "Oh, heroin's way better," which you know we all eventually found out it was. But um, but I'm high on free heroin, two hundred dollars worth of free poker chips, free ride with my friends to fucking. <laughs> to fucking the casino i got all the cigarettes i want some weed in my pocket i'm already stoned off weed too i can barely feel it because i'm so high on everything else i got a starbucks in my hand there's oxygen being pumped in the room it's a new shiny experience of being in a casino and you know glamorized by the adrenaline rush of you know possible potential for more money in my pocket you know weird music's playing in the background i don't I don't even... Like Red Hot Chili Peppers? Some, some, whatever shit you play at the fucking casino. You know? Mainstream shit. Uh, or the Eagles or some bullshit. Man, come on. I had a rough night and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Oh. Um... So, and I think at the venue, there was like a comedy act going on, but we're going around and I think I'm thinking, okay, we're going to start playing some Texas Hold'em or something. I don't know. I've never been to a casino before. And my experience is like that Texas Hold'em game that you play on fucking Facebook. You know, I've only played online Texas Hold'em and usually 99% of the time is with no money, you know? so i'm like i don't know what to do And jaywalk's like all right look here this is what we're gonna do the name of the game is black jack okay we're gonna play blackjack. fuck texas hold'em and i was like why he's like texas hold'em he's like look texas hold'em you buy in a tournament and you have to play you know all night if not all night for maybe the whole week we don't have time for that we want to make money right now and have fun right now for the night we're here and the best option for us to do that is to play blackjack if you get good at blackjack and you get good at maybe pre- you can practice counting cards which you, you know you won't be good at because you fucking just started but um you can make a lot of money so you know and i was like oh counting cards don't they catch you if you do that and beat you up like in the movies Ooh, i don't know so i'm like all right so i, I get the basic rundown of how to play blackjack and we're all together at a table and I'm seeing my friends play. So I pick up the game pretty easy and I'm starting to, you know, I lose a little bit, but I'm winning more than I lost. So I, I got a good, I got like 250 chips the, at the time. And so, um, but the thing was, I guess what happens at casinos is like every 10 minutes, every 15 or 20 minutes, the dealer that works for the casino or, or and is at the table dealing your cards, that you're playing against for blackjack or whatever, they rotate dealers. So all the dealers rotate to the next table and the dealer at the table before rotates to you. So now you're always, every 20 minutes, you always have to play with a new dealer. So one dealer comes to our table and we keep playing and I lose all the money I I had won, which was like $50. And then another dealer comes and I start to win my money back and another dealer comes and I start to win my money back. And then one dealer comes and I lose all my money. And I'm like, well, what the f... So I, I'm i playing blackjack and we, we get up and go to other tables, smoke cigarettes, play blackjack, go to other tables, and we're just playing. And I'm just kind of trying to count cards. But one thing I'm picking up on is... Is the the dealers themselves? Because it's like, well, if I, you know, theoretically, if I'm able to count cards, if I could count cards, if I can count cards, the dealer could count cards, and he can use that tactic against me to steal all my money. You know, I'm not going to put it past them. And what I also noticed was that we know when they rotated dealers, there was two dealers every time. These two dealers, in specifics got rotated to my table. I lo- always lost and lost all my chips. So I was like, if anyone's counting cards, it's these two motherfuckers over here, <laughs> which were like these two women, these two old women. And I was like, yeah, these two, are, <laughs> these two bitches over here are counting cards and stealing my money. I'm thinking all this in my head, super high in heroin and twacked out on Starbucks and bad cigarettes and shit. I'm trying to think of places to go f- to fucking hit my one hitter little baseball, one hitter weed pipe. Have you guys seen those? They look like a fucking crack stem, but you screw weed into the tiny ass bowl and always get the glass ones are called chillums, I guess. You always get fucking weed ash in your mouth. I'd go in the bathroom and like smoke those oh, memories i was too cheap there's too too much of a cheap ass to buy a prototype from the 70s so i bought a fucking eight dollar chillin i'd drop and break instantly (sighs) god damn it so i'm getting pissed off and so i'm like okay my game strategy is i'm gonna play blackjack at these tables and every time these two fucking bitches who steal my money get rotated to my table i'm going to take my chips get up and leave I'll be like fuck you i'm not gonna f- i learned my lesson I take my chips and get up to another table i don't care if my friends are playing at the table with the bad luck bitch and <laughs> i'm, I'm calling I'm, if, if it was two dude du- du- ma- male dealers they're bitches too it's not a derogatory only female derogatory word it's to any fucking card dealer at a casino who counts cards in blackjack and d- does me dirty you know what I'm saying they just happen to be women you know I respect women anyway um, so at one point I notice my fucking crazy girlfriend who I had specifically told do not call me while I'm on this trip do not bother me you, you fucking grind up on all my friends just leave me alone <laughs> So she's blowing up my cell phone and I'm not answering. And I'm sure the guilt has gotten to her and she wants to call me and be like, I'm sorry, please don't break up with me. You know, I know where that phone call or what direction that's headed, you know? So I'm ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. And uh, finally I'm like, fuck, this is breaking my flow and concentration for this great game of blackjack. I've been, you know, introduced to for the first time so i was like all right guys i'm going to step outside and i'm going to uh answer my dumb girlfriends my promiscuous unfaithful girlfriends uh you know phone calls so i step outside and i notice like first of all um, when you step outside of the casino you're used to having all this oxygen that you're breathing, now you're back into the outside world with natural fucking oxygen. So that feels a little lightheaded, like, feeling weird. I don't know. I answer the phone and, uh, she's like all distraught, like, oh, why, why have you been ignoring me? Why have you been ignoring me? <laughs> Ugh. And I was just like, I'm at a casino and told you not to call me. Can you leave me alone? And she's like asking me a thousand questions about it. I'm like, I'm not going to answer all of these questions. What do you want? I answered your phone call so you wouldn't call me again. So what do you want? And she's like, I'm just so sorry about what happened. I was, oh, please don't break up with me. I, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know what? You know what here? And I won't say your name. And I'm like, you know what? How do I know if you, how do I know you haven't done something else? If you've done this in front of all my friends, how do I know. You haven't been drinking with some people got blackout drunk and haven't been fucking someone behind my back. I was like, how do I know you haven't been cheating on me behind my back this whole time? If you're willing to give all my friends lap dances in front of me, huh? You know, like how can I trust you after this? You know, I'm all on my fucking soapbox ivory tower, fucking heroin ivory tower, you know? Just like how could you? <laughs> how could you be so, so I'm like, if we're... I'm, I'm like all doctor-filling the, the situation. Like, if we're going to ever try and rebuild this relationship and rebuild trust, I need to, to come clean right now. Have you done anything? Have you fucked around at all with me? Let me know right now. I'm all self-righteous, you know? You know don't break... How dare you break my heart, you know? Even though I'm like a selfish motherfucker at the time. So... Actually, surprisingly enough, she does like, okay, I'll come clean of everything, anything I've done. I'm like, all right, you better, because now I know there's some dirt to be had here, Missy. And she's uh, she tells me, remember that uh dude she had a crush on? Her co-worker who worked up off fresh with her? I guess after High had left town for the weekend and told her, don't fucking call me, don't talk to me. She called... That guy to console in her, like, oh, bunk is mad at me. Oh, boo hoo. And they hung out and they fucked while I'm out of town. And so she's coming clean saying, Yes, I fucked so and so. I think he was, sounds like he, he would have been a Gregory. Oh, I fucked Gregory since you've been out of town. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. Now, I am not on alcohol, but I'm really high on heroin, stoned. Very tobaccoed out from cigarettes, super wired on coffee. I think it was the coffee and the heroin combination. So I just lay down this fucking authority, I guess, what you would call it. I'm just like, how, you know, the upset boyfriend role. Like, oh, how could you do this to me? You know, you bitch. Oh, you, oh, you broke my heart, you bitch. Even though we we were dating for two months. Like, I really didn't care about it at the time. It's like, all my friends are like, dude, she's grinding up on all your friends and everyone at the party. I'm like, whatever, dude. But, you know, fuck this one guy from Baja Fresh. And I'm like, oh, how could you? Oh, no. My heart, it hurts so bad. Maybe the problem is that you broke my heart into a million pieces and so my cock doesn't want to be around you anymore. Okay? Ever! You suck a knife in my heart, you bitch. I'm doing like that. All over the phone in front of Shumash casino, while people are walking in and out, entering and exiting this fine establishment, you know, they're having so much fun in their own world and conversation. But here I am yelling and screaming on the phone, super high on heroin. It's like, how could you? Oh my God. Oh, oh!" not crying, but just like, <laughs> i think what it was i was like you know what you made me feel bad so i'm gonna make you feel bad because she, i she's crying at this point like oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> so i was like i'm gonna make you i'm gonna make you feel like how i feel i feel bad i'm gonna make you feel bad you caused me pain you caused me pain i'm gonna cause you pain oh so i was like yeah i'm gonna really i'm gonna use that against her because i was childish i still am very childish but back then pff- God, I was way childish. And, you know, being on heroin doesn't make you act mature at the very least. So I'm doing that. And Jaywalk walks out out of the fucking Shumash Casino and he sees me doing this and he walks over also high on heroin. And he's like, dude, what are you, what are you fucking doing? You know, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, oh, fucking so-and-so, because he knew my fucking psycho girlfriend. He's like, I was like, so-and-so, fucked the Baja Fresh guy. I even think Jaywalk was at that party. Maybe he wasn't, but at the very least, I told him about how she was grinding up on everybody, right? And so he knew, I was like, yeah, she fucked the Baja Fresh guy, man. And he's like, oh, that sucks. Well, hey, I'm always going to go into OBS's Ford Explorer and shoot up some more heroin. You want to go shoot up some more heroin with me? And I was, like, thinking, because now I'm, like, really annoyed. You know, I was like, fuck. Girlfriend, fuck the Baja Fresh guy. Fuck, and of course I want some heroin. Instant relief from the problems in my life, you know? (laughs) But, I mean, that's what I was thinking. But I had to come out and act, like, cool about it. So I was like, yeah, yeah, let's shoot up some heroin. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. West Coast, you know? So we go into Ob's car. Ob's and Dylan are doing whatever, so I'm surprised you know, they trusted Jaywack with the keys to their car. Um, But we're in the back seat, and we're cooking up the shot. Josh is, like, piggybacking a shot into a rig for me. I probably shared needles with him for all I fucking know. Because, you know, he piggybacked into one of his own used needles. He does his shot first, because always, if I'm going to fucking shoot you up, I got to shoot up first. And then he shoots me up, and my, you know, I have fucking... I got fucking double o seven veins, you know. Like, even if you're knotted out on heroin, registering in me is just like, you don't even have to. If you, there's a lot of margin of for error, you know, large window gap. So now we're all fucked up on more heroin, like really fucked up. I'm pretty slow, like my speech is slower. I was like, oh shit, I instantly forgot about my girlfriend. He's like, Hey, so your girlfriend fucked the baja fresh guy, and I was like, what? I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, fuck her! Yeah, I gotta break up with her. <laughs> I don't even know why I didn't even I didn't break up with her when I found out she she, she cheated on me. So we're walking back to the casino after just shooting heroin and me making a, a fool of myself in front of the casino, and I'm like, I'm entering the entrance or whatever, and I have this weird kind of like anger or hatred within me, but I'm like funneling it into like p- good motivation. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like angry, but I'm motivated. Like, you know, when, you know, when like you're pissed off, but that like fuels your fire to like, I'll show them. I'm going to go, I don't know, do whatever, but you have more energy in you than when you're like, I don't know, depressed and mopey. So I'm walking with JWAC wack all all smacked back into uh, into Shoe Mash. And I'm just trying to, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, well, how can I win? How can I win at the end of this day? Considering my circumstances, right? And so I had made a roughly about, I don't know, $350 at night. I was like losing and then winning and winning and winning and then losing and you know, how it was going so as I'm walking it back into the casino I was like alright I remember Jay Wax said something like oh we don't have that much time it's getting late we should play a few an hour or so more and then we'll you know take our chips cash them out and leave so try to win big while we're still here and so I'm like well shit um, I want to like my goal was like well I have 350, I want to make at least $400, right? And then I can give JWAC back the $200 he flowed me, and then I'd have just $200 free dollars. And if I make that goal I'll, I'll feel validated <laughs> for the night, even though, even though my girlfriend fucked the Baja Fresh guy and gave all my friends a lap dance, you know, days gone prior. <laughs> I was like, yeah, free two hundred. A two free two hundred dollars would be nice, plus a gambling rush with some heroin, kind of like alleviate my my life, the reality of my life. Which, by the you know the sound of it, it doesn't sound like reality at all. It sounds like fucking bizarre, fucking cartoon, a really fucked a really fucked up cartoon. But anyway. So I walk, I walk back into this casino and I'm like dead set on like, I'm going in here. I'm going to make 50 more dollars and I'm especially not going to let those two fucks, uh, those card counting dealers. I'm not going to let them, you know, take this away from me. So I'm going to go get my money. And when they come around, I'm going to run away and leave. And then hopefully I'll make more money than I lose. Right. So I go to the bar and I was like, yeah, they probably stopped serving alcohol at 2 a.m. I was like, yeah, what's a good alcohol drink to drink when you've just been had your heart smashed by your girlfriend of, F of two months? <laughs> fucking her Baja Fresh co-worker on a fucking bed of burritos and guacamole, you know, man. Fuck. What's a good drink to recover from that? And I mean, I don't know anything about alcohol. I should have gotten a whiskey and Jack and Coke, you know, like I always get. But... I specifically remember, I was like, yeah, bartender, give me a mojito. Make it really manly, manly mojito. So I'm sipping on this like lime, it's like key lime, mint leaf mojito. Just like, yeah, sipping it like super aggressively through this really thin straw. Got a little buzz from that and the fucking Starbucks. So I like, I'm like, Dylan, give me a cigarette, man. I'm like aggressively smoking. I'll try not to cough. Super lightheaded from the oxygen. I'm playing a few more rounds of blackjack. So I'm doing that and they switch dealers. I look up. I wasn't paying attention because I pay. A, I look up after losing a round or a hand. And it's one of the fucking dealers that, all, that I always lose to that I know for a fact. They're intentionally making me lose so i'm like all right fuck this i throw my hands up and I get up I'm like all right let me see my chips and uh they're like i think obs or something was like what's your fucking problem and i'm like oh, you know what my problem is because i have like a weird slur from one fucking mojito i was like you know what my fucking problem is this dealer is counting cards man I know he's counting cards every time he comes to my table and I play a game with him. I lose all my money and I have to work back to make it all up again. And so I say that loud enough so OBS can hear me, but all the other people around an earshot distance can hear me and they'll they're mumbling and murmuring like, oh, well, I lost money to her too. What the fuck? <laughs> i'm causing a disturbance so uh dylan and obbs look at me like that's not good that you did that security is probably going to boot your ass out of here <laughs> and they're and like they're looking worried like oh, we'll probably get booted out of here because guilty by association you know So I'm just like, ah, fuck this. I'm mad because, you know, my girlfriend and the dealers trying to take my money. So I'm like, ah, fuck all this. (laughs) So um, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And um, I walk to another table to try and play. I think I get one hand played in me and I make, I do remember this as fucked up as I was. I remember I did get $400. And they gave back two hundred to JWAC because I used that two hundred dollars for like a some really used out of date video card that I used for my fucking ultimate PC build. You know, I was like, yeah, video card. So, um. Anyway, I'm playing around. I make my four hundred dollar mark. I'm all stoked. In the right, you know, I'm headstrong to take on anyone. <laughs> as that shitty band trapped would say i get around in and jaywalk walks up to me and he's like look we should go because people the the dealers have been talking and pointing at you and i think they're about to get security and say kick this guy out and i'm like oh whatever man (laughs) they don't know my life and so we leave because it's like almost two in the morning at that point anyway but we have to cash out our chips so we're worried and we're cashing out the chips to get our money back. And um, we th- I think Dylan or Ob's, see a security guard approaching us from like oh 20, 50 feet away. I'm in such a haze. I can't see that far ahead of me. You know, I'm just trying to keep my balance. And uh, it had to have been just the heroin and the oxygen. I mean, maybe the alcohol and the coffee didn't combine well, but I'm not in the right state of mind. And I have weed on me. I stink of weed. I'm sure Dylan and Obbs knew I was smoking weed, and because uh, they knew I was growing weed. I mean, fuck. At least I was respectful enough to smoke it in the this bathroom <laughs> illegally. <laughs> and so we get the chips, and uh, we get. I just all I remember is I'm being escorted out by my friends, like they're tugging at my shoulder, like, dude, get let's get out of here. Cause I don't remember running into security and then being like, Oh, they probably saw us walking towards the exit and they're like, all right, our job here is done. You know, we don't need to do anything else. And we, I remember getting in OBS a uh, Ford Explorer and we're driving away. And I am like, feel hot. Like my body temperature is warm. I'm like, ugh, I feel like nauseous a little bit. And I know it's because I went from, uh, you know, a, a casino with all this pure oxygen to being outside with regular oxygen. Right. And I'm like, I, I remember them, someone saying, yeah, you might feel a little sick when you adjust the normal oxygen or something, which, you know, by the way, this all could have been bullshit that I it was in my head. I'm like, yeah, the oxygen, man, it's making me sick, man. So I got the window rolled down and I feel nauseous. It's probably the opiates, the heroin. I did too much. I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to throw up. And I don't want to throw up in the car and especially don't want to make any loud noises. I don't want one of those uh, hurls that we were just like, like screaming and throwing up at the same time. You know? I don't want to attract attention to myself because then Dylan knobs will look back and be like, "What the fuck is on puking, you know, like, oh, he's on a good one. Hoo hoo, I'm going to gossip about him later. You know, it's the last thing I fucking need. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to throw up. If Jay Wax sees it, I don't care, but I need to get it out of the car. So that was the main reason I had the win- window down. At first, it was like, I need to cool down my body. But now I'm like, yeah, it's coming. I feel it. It's coming. So now at fi- finally, this moment comes where I'm like, okay, I, my mouth is filling up with liquid stomach bile. And you know, Mojito and Starbucks, all liquid refreshments are, are reemerging into my fucking esophagus. And so I was like, what's the most silent way I can... Uh, I can fucking let this uh, puke out. And so I kind of do this like water, you know, like those, um, water things, water fountains, you know, not a water fountain. Fuck. It's like a little statues of like a baby statue and a water spurting out of its fucking mouth, <laughs> like a wishing well thing. I was like spurting out the puke out of my mouth with an arch, kind of like one of those statues. <laughs> Cause in my stupid ass logic, it was like, yeah, that'll be the most discreet and silent way to to puke and expel the demon out of my body, the liquid demon, without like the, my my sober friends hearing or noticing, you know. And so I do this, but I stick my head out, so wind is hitting my face. And I hold, I take my hat off, so my hat doesn't fly out of the window, and I'm like. Sp- Spurting this liquid vomit out of my my mouth. (laughs) But we're on the freeway at this point. It's pitch black in the middle of nowhere. It's like Los Alamos. If you know, it's just mountains. And we're going like 70, 75. So there's a big, heavy wind resistance. So the fucking puke goes. And once it hits the outside, the wind the 75 mile an hour wind hits it and it just flies back on all onto the side of obs's Ford Explorer. And so every little, um, heave of and hurl of like of puke, I let out of liquid puke because there's chunky puke. There's, you know, this was all liquid and I let it once, every time I let that out of my mouth and spurred it out of my mouth, <laughs> it's all on the side of fucking obs's car. And I'm like, this is all stomach bile, stomach acid, and fucking bad alcohol. It's gonna it's gonna leave a stain, it's gonna dry fast. And OBS, and it's gonna smell obs is gonna be like, what the fuck? So, but I'm not gonna tell them, like, hey, I puked on your car because they haven't noticed. So, and I don't want them to know, like, oh, why did you puke? You don't have food poisoning, Are you drinking, or you fucking you high, man. I don't want them to know that. So I just roll out the window. And I look over at JWAC. He sees me. He's got this shitty, shit-eating grin on his face. And I shrug my shoulders. Like, yeah, man, whatever. And uh, I'm like, you got, you got a cigarette, man? And he's like, yep. He hands me his, sh- his shit Marlboro, and I smoke a cigarette. And we ride off back home. And I, I go home with my two hundred dollars, and I go off and eventually drive back to my weird life where I grow weed and. I did eventually break up with that girl. Uh, You know, this is the ratchet episode. Um, So I dedicated my ratchet songs to her. She's, I mean, I wouldn't say she's ratchet or slutty. I mean, I will say she exhibited behavior during that party. And when she cheated on me, that, you know, is kind of slutty. So, you know. That warranted a breakup. I can't trust you after that. I mean, I've stayed with other girls that have cheated on me, but should have broken up with them at that p- moment. Cheating is bad. I've done it, and it's been done to me. And the lesson is don't cheat. Guys and girls, don't be a cheater because karma is a bitch, and it will come back. You'll fall in love with some dude or girl, or and then they'll cheat on you because you were a cheater. So that's what, I, that's what happened to me. You know how I said she was like, always obsessed with like military men she actually i found out she um she met some dude on the internet some some weird fucking meet military men dating services like e for the for the army be all you can be e she met some dude like on there fell in love and she got knocked up and Had a couple kids with them and they're together living in a house together, you know, in some weird state in America, not California anymore. And she, they're married and have kids and she's living out her fucking military housewife fantasy. So good for her. She follows the podcast on Instagram. I know that. And so I think she listens to the podcast. So if you're listening, my ex-girlfriend who will remain nameless, I'm sorry for Revealing this embarrassing story. Because, I mean, I would be embarrassed if that were me. I mean, I'm embarrassed at my own, myself, at my own stories. I'm embarrassed half the time. So, I mean, whatever. So, I hope you're not mad at me for telling the story. At least I kept your identity secret. Because I still know your full fucking name. <laughs> Middle and last. Don't, f- <laughs> Don't make me... <laughs> no i hope you're hope she's doing good uh, hope you listen to the podcast and i'm sorry for exposing that embarrassing part of our, our lives shared together i th- i actually remember we hung out some more times and had like a shitty rebound i think she cock blocked me a couple times blackout drunk and i was just like man you you fucking grabbed my dick all blackout drunk and we didn't, and we had all these rebounds and now we're not going to rebound because like you get off on the power of giving me blue balls. I got, so you know what I did the next time we hung out, um, I cock blocked her and some girl had a crush on me and I was like, yeah, she's like, don't, do not you going out with that one girl who's really blackout drunk? <laughs> Cause she was still getting blackout drunk. I was like, yeah, that's my ex. We, we hook up every now and then, but we're not, we've. We've communicated that we're not going to date again it doesn't work well and um so sometimes especially when she drinks on nights like this social gatherings she sometimes you know she's grabs my dick whether i like it or not and so if i like someone i'm gonna be full transparency i i have a kind of an open thing going on with them but if i meet someone worth my while to f- tell her to kick rocks, you know, anytime soon. And I did do that in front of my ex. I was like, yeah, I got you back for cheating on me. Ha ha. You know, like Simpsons. Ha ha. You know, (laughs) Uh, and, uh, and then I never saw her again, but you know, let's let bygones be bygones, you know, hope you're doing well now. A lot of time has passed. We made a lot of mistakes in our youth, and. I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well. But, oh man, <laughs> you broke my heart. <laughs> no, just just kidding. I did let her know. I was like, yeah, you, you fucking broke my heart. Let her know about a thousand times on that phone call. So, I don't know, man. That's a story. I, I thought it was good. It involved casinos and heroin and belligerent yelling and uh, secrecy of hiding your drug usage. I mean, I just thought about this story randomly driving to like CVS the other day uh, to buy some stupid shit. And so I thought, hey, you know, I'm going to tell this on the podcast because I don't remember telling the story. And I just thought of it for the first time in a long time. So there you go. And uh, with that, I love you guys. I'm out. So until next time, I got another one, uh, another one of these stories in the oven baking for you. I'm pregnant with another another war story. No. And another one, baking and the other. Another pizza pie for you. Probably out in another week, two weeks. So I love you guys. So yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, I'll see you later. We really have to stop meeting like this. Um, So I just wanted to briefly mention a couple things. Basically, Um, first of all, I was going back and doing edits. And, uh, you know, I I would mention like several million times in in that story that I believed oxygen was being pumped in the casino. And so I Googled do casinos actually pump oxygen into the rooms? And apparently that's a myth. (laughs) So that whole time, and for years and years up until this point in my life that I thought I was, I don't know, it was like a placebo or something. I thought I was sick from the, the mythological oxygen being pumped in the casino. They don't really do that, I guess. So silly me I'm an idiot and there's yet another example um you know what else I remembered was that ex-girlfriend of mine I almost had a threesome with her once with her and this other third co-worker at Baja Fresh who was like kind of a lesbian but kind of bi like and I guess my ex-girlfriend or girlfriend at the time was bi curious and so we, uh, three of us were like, Hey, I think like six of p- uh, people, uh, but three of us were hanging out, having a conversation. She was like, yeah, we should have a threesome. And I like looked over, just like, Oh, is this really happening to me? <laughs> and, uh, she, the, the other girl was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> she was just like dismissing it. But in my mind, I was like, Oh dude, <laughs> my first threesome. And that never, it never happened. I never had threesome. And, um, the threesome I had later in life was was not that great. <laughs> so so there's that. But um what I really wanted to say was this. So my uh my weird little current um laptop I'm using to record podcasts and do all the mixing and mastering and all my basic workflow for any and everything. It's just like this 2015 MacBook Pro. I insisted that I get a MacBook Pro that is the like the one without the touch bar because I think the touch bars are stupid but um, basically the thing about this laptop or computer is it has a terabyte solid state hard drive and it's totally full so every time I'm trying to do a like hour or two hour long podcast my hard drive space locks up and freezes to the point where it's like so full I can't even delete anything And I also have an issue with keeping a million tabs open. (laughs) So then my Ram like shuts down and my hard drive shuts down. And so the last two or like two and a half, three episodes, um, during my editing process, uh, I've had many moments of, you know, the computer would crash or freeze and I'd have to, you know, force restart it. And there were many times I would lose, uh, valuable recordings or valuable this or that and so because of that i kind of want to just take the next few weeks to just back up all my files get my hard drive space cleaned up and probably run malware i pirated so much software who knows what the fuck is on this thing (sighs) um i need like a vpn sponsor i swear to god but so yeah, I really just want to take time to do that before putting out the next couple episodes I've been working on. I also have the new, new side hustle, or I've been having a current side hustle that I put off, which is I have two 2011 MacBook Pros I'm doing a whole service job on for money. And I have another little side hustle opportunity that's come across my way to make some money. And, uh, you know, the job interviews and all that. So basically I need money. (laughs) I'm not making a Patreon or anything. Not yet. I don't think any of you trust me with any money at all. So I have to, I have to like prove I'm responsible with money (laughs) before I ever ask someone for money. And besides, you know, capitalism's pretty lucrative. So I think I can handle it. But anyway, um, so anyway, computer, jobs up the wazoo. Um, and, and, you know, life shit going on in between me trying to get you guys, uh, some podcast episodes plus two or three really big secret projects also revealing to you guys, one of them resulting in like gifts for all of you. So I kind of want to take time for that as well. So just know I'm out there doing cool things. And, um, Yeah, I'll try and get the next one out to you guys as fast as possible. Sorry, I don't have many more updates than that. I'm trying to keep things, you know, precise and not ramble on. But yeah, I don't I don't know much else to say. (laughs) It's just been a real pain to get uh, episodes edited. I think I got so sample heavy that my processor is just I think it's sizzling out. So before my computer completely dies and I lose like the vault of old recordings, I want to make sure all my ducks are in a row. So to speak, so, but I do recognize that, like you know, I, I sometimes compare myself to other podcasters, and I I just see like, oh my god, everyone else probably has such a more regular eh, release date, and that's on me right now, currently. But I mean, give me a break. I'm missing like two of my major organs. How many organs are all of you and everyone else I'm missing? Yeah, I'm the victim. <laughs> uh, and I'll use that to my advantage. So so bear with me. That's all I'm saying, but uh that's really all I want to say and it's, the main thing is especially thank you guys so much. Um like I said, every time I talk with everyone and every new experience I have with all of you is is always great. <clears throat> so, I love you guys and with that I Need to finish this and upload it and go to bed before um, I start hearing voices <laughs> from lack of sleep. Just kidding, I'm fine. Drink coffee, but so yeah, I'm. That's all I wanted to say. And until next time, you'll hear from me again whenever I fucking get around to finishing shit and you know my computer is somewhat not broken. So <laughs> I'm out. And uh, again, I'll say it. Uh, Love you guys, so peace, love, and all the above. Uh,
1: So be sure you're prepared for the battle battle. Down here in the jungle Sweating tears in the And what I mean by that dog, and I'm sally like that You see what I'm saying? I'll make some shit seem so peaceful and blow your motherfucking rain. Cause see I belong to a motherfucking dog that don't give a fucking battle, fucking pissing dogs. straight up, Look, man, anytime them dollars is spraying the ring. So okay. bad.